I titled this message tonight, A Man After God's Own Heart. Praise the Lord. I believe that Pastor Larry has been called and anointed to preach and teach the Word of God, to stand in the gaps for others. And like me, he has been called to train up God's soldiers for these end days. The Lord has given Pastor Larry a vision, and he's put in him a desire to minister to his people, to minister to his sheep, to encourage them. He's been called to teach God's children the Word of God. Would you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> and how to train them to wield the sword of the Spirit according to Ephesians 6.17. And I also pray that all other ministers listening to this message will know that God has called you too because this message will be played worldwide. And so other ministers, I pray, will hear this uh, message and, and also take it as a personal thing for them too. I'd like to read a few of these verses from the voice translation. In Ephesians verse 10, we begin with, said, Finally, brothers and sisters, draw your strength and might from God. Put on the full armor of God to protect yourselves from the devil and his evil schemes. In verse 12, it says, We're not waging war against enemies of flesh and blood alone. No, Paul said, this battle is against tyrants and against authorities and against superpowers, supernatural powers. And let me stop here and, and um, emphasize this. A lot of people are not aware that we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual battle and we're in the battle for our lives, for our own very lives. We're in this battle. And I can't mention some of the things because I don't want to make, you know, uh, cause people to get into fear. But there's a lot of things going on that some of us don't even know about. But it's a, it's a spiritual battle. It's to take us out. Yeah, it's, it's the devil's plan to take us out. Like I said, he said it's against the tyrants and against author, uh, authorities and against supernatural powers and demon princes that slither in the darkness of this world and against wicked spiritual armies that lurk in heavenly places. And this is why you need to be head to toe, from head to toe, in the full armor of God so that you can resist, resist during these evil days and be fully prepared to hold your ground. Yeah. And verse 16 said, don't forget to raise the shield of faith above all else so that you'll be able to extinguish those flaming darts that's hurled by, at you by the enemy. He said, take also the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Saints, although the devil and his demons are destined for destruction, we all know what his end is. Because we know that hell was created for Satan. It was not created for God's children. It was created for Satan. So even though we're all aware of the fact that his, desti his destination is destruction, they are, he's, they are serious threats right now. Right now they're serious threats and must be resisted and must be beaten back. Paul knew that the real dangers was not against flesh and blood. So Paul was saying... The best offensive weapons to have are the words of God and prayer. Brothers and sisters, we are entering a time when we're going to need this knowledge more than ever before. The knowledge of God's word and how to keep yourselves armed with God's armor. And the best one to help us do that is our pastor and keeping our nose our nose in the Word of God. He cannot do it all. I cannot do it all. No pastor can do it all. But we do our part, and then it's left up to you to do your part. Are you hearing me? Do not expect to get everything that you need in one sitting. 
It's going to take a lot of sittings. And it's going to take a lot of you keeping your nose in the word instead of your nose where it doesn't belong. Are you hearing me? We've got our nose stuck so much in gossip and the news and the virus and everything else that's going on. We don't have time for God. Only when we need him do we call out to him. But thank God we have a loving father that loves us and he's faithful. He says even when we're unfaithful. Thank God that he does not treat us like humans treats us. You know, you know, humans, you know, they have something against you. They might not speak to you for a year or maybe never. But thank God our Father's not that way. Thank God. Thank the good Lord he's not. He says, the knowledge of God's word and how to keep ourselves armed with God's armor. And the best one to help us do that, like I said, is our pastor and keeping our nose in the word. I think you can all agree that Pastor Larry's been doing a great job in leading us down the right path. Can you agree on that? God has called and anointed men and women to help you keep your armor on, to teach you how to resist the devil and keep him under your feet. In other words, the ministers of the Lord will teach you how to apply God's word to your circumstances. God said in his word that his children are being destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4, 6. Remember that Paul counsels us to take care, according to 2 Corinthians 2, 11. He says, lest Satan takes advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Saints, here are just a few of his devices and tricks. The devil depresses you. The devil will depress you with burdens too hard for you to bear. He will bring sicknesses upon you, financial difficulties, and anything that will burden you down. The devil will distract you with things you need the least. The things you thought might think you need the most, but yet need the least. And all he's trying to do is to get your focus on the wrong things, the things of the world. And for you to put value on the wrong things. This is one of the devil's favorite ploys. He says, it's okay. He says, it's okay. Let them have their faith and let them cherish it in some corner of their little hearts. But don't let them pay much attention to it. Keep them busy with worldly problems and pursuits. And he does a good job at that. Keeping us focused on worldly things and pursuits rather than him. Focusing on the things around them. Right now, he has your focus on the virus and the state that our country's in. But brothers and sisters, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. We are at war. Satan hates you. He hates me. And he wants to destroy us. We must be aware of the devil's devices, his weapons and tactics, because our spiritual battle, our spiritual life depends on it. Are you hearing me? Your very life depends on it. I'm going to use what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, to talk about the call of a pastor and also talk about how you, as a congregation, can help by coming along beside a pastor Larry and keep him lifted up and aid him in his calling. And I'm also speaking to the congregation of other pastors that will be listening to this message. This means support. When I say come along beside of it, I'm saying this means support in every area, in every area, including finances. For we all know that even though God's servants are here to serve you, they need, even though we're here, we're here to serve you. But even so, we need your help. 
they need your help and we need your help in taking the uh, word to the lost. It is everyone's calling, not only really a pastor's calling, but everybody that's a Christian, that's a believer, everybody that's a believer, it's your calling. And and 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, Paul told Timothy in New King James, he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead and his appearing in his kingdom. He said, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. He said, convince rebuke and exhort with long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrines but according to their own desires because he says they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers verse 5 says they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables but Timothy he said you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Saints, I'm going to break this down and share with you today what Paul was talking about. But first, I'd like to read these same verses from the Message Translation Bible. In 2 Timothy 4 5, Paul told Timothy, he said, I can't impress this on you too strongly. He said, God is looking over your shoulder. Christ himself is the judge with the final say on everything, everyone living and dead. He has the same one. He is about to break into the open with his rule. So proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. He says, challenge, warn, challenge the people, warn the people and urge your people. He says, don't ever keep quit. He said, just keep it simple. And Timothy He said, you're going to find there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and and chase after mirages. But you, Timothy, keep your eyes on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive, he said and do a thorough job as God's servant, praise God. Brothers and sisters, Paul was encouraging Timothy to be persistent in his teachings, regardless of whether or not they were being received with a hot or cold reception. Some messages that I give, or Pastor Larry gives, some of them received um, with a hot reception, in other words, good, and some with a cold reception. Because sometimes we preach and might step on your toes. But as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must do as we're called to do. We must teach as he gives us utterance. Because if we're not teaching as the Lord gives us utterance, we might as well sit down. Because you're really not going to help you any at all. You should always seek a church or or some place that you can go that is teaching the truth, the word of God. You don't want to go uh, someplace just because it makes you feel good. Feeling good is not going to help you, believe me. It's not going to help. I've been in the feel-good churches. I've been in dead churches. I've been in a lot of churches. But you, there's churches that you need to be in. And it doesn't matter the size. It's never about the size. God never counts to people. It's the heart that He looks at. Hallelujah. I'll also add that no matter how many come to hear God's Word, 
Paul told Timothy that there would come a time when people would not want to hear the truth and that people with itching ears would oppose sound doctrine because it didn't suit their own desires. Paul was preparing Timothy for the time when the people would only be interested in the doctrine that merely scratches itching ears and they would care nothing, he said, for the truth. And their concern would only be, it sounds good. I, I've turned my TV on and flipped to a station. And I thought, that sounds good. But then when you sit there and maybe you don't need long, maybe a minute or two, you thought, well, that sounds good, but I don't really think I want to listen to that. Yeah. And I thank God that he gives us a choice. Yeah. We can choose to set up under such teachings or we can just flip the channel, turn it off or whatever. Praise God. A good example of this is found in 1 Kings 22, 5 through 8, the New Living Bible. This is with King Jehoshaphat of, um, of, King Jehoshaphat of Judah and King Ahab of Israel. In 1 Kings 22, 5 through 8, you will see here how the Lord allowed over 400 prophets to prophesy falsehoods. I spoke a little on this at the revival last Friday, so I'm not going to preach the whole message over again. But you know, God did not trick Ahab. He offered him a choice to believe a lie or believe the truth. You can read it for yourself. We have been given that same choice, saints. God gives us choices every day. We can choose. We are now living in such a time that Paul was telling Timothy about in chapter 4. A time to where no matter where you look, there are teachers and preachers using the Word of God for their own personal gain. In Matthew 21, 10 through 14, the Lord showed me about, or gave me, actually gave me a revelation about today's money changers. Today we have the modern day money changers. A lot of people don't think about this, but a lot of the churches are using, using their congregation. It, it really is called the modern day money changers. A lot of this oil that they're selling and this they're selling and that they're selling and they're claiming, you know, it has something to do with the Lord and, and all it does is line in their pockets. They're not, teaching, they're not teaching the full truth of God's Word. It's modern day. There's always, there's always been modern day money changers. It went from Jesus' day, and we know what Jesus did. It says in verse 10 and 11 in the New Living Bible, it says the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Talk about Jesus. And they said, who is this? They asked. Verse 11 said, and the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And in the message translation from verse 12 and 14, it says, Jesus went straight to the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop, buying and selling. He kicked over the tables of long sharks and the stalls of dove merchants. He quoted this text. He said, my house was designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout, he said, for thieves. After Jesus, <laughs> and you know, and this is true, like I said, it's true today. It's amazing how things, some things never change. They, they get a new look. They've got, we've got a modern look to it. And, and it sounds good. It looks good. And people are falling for it. They think that if they buy this oil or if they buy this robe or if they buy whatever they're selling, that it's going to make, build their relationship with the Lord. But there are some things that you can, your Bible, and there's nothing wrong with your, you know, you got to have your Bible. There's nothing wrong with anointing oil. There's nothing wrong with this and that and the other. But it's not the product so much that they're selling. It's the promise. Yeah. 
that they're putting behind it. The promise that you're putting behind these things that they're selling to you online and a lot of the ministries has nothing to do with whether or not God heals you. And it has nothing to do with the fact that where God's going to prosper you financially. Amen. You can't buy God. Yeah. Amen. You can't buy Him. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think when you're praying for a particular thing, where you're praying for a healing in your body or a financial breakthrough, instead of just focusing on that, just begin to praise God. Mm-hmm. Just begin to praise Him and talk about how one, tell Him how wonderful He is. Yeah. And I believe the next thing you know, you're going to find this problem that you had is being taken care of. Amen. It's not about buying God. He can't be sold. Are you hearing me? Don't don't fall for these things. And they're getting worse. They're getting worse. But don't fall for them. It says, after Jesus ran all of these out, in verse 14, it says, Now there was room for the blind and crippled to get in. And they came to Jesus and he healed them all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Paul viewed the false teachers in Ephesus as charlatans who changed their messages when it was to their best interest to do so. And nothing's changed. There are ministers, like I said, are still doing the same thing. They changed their message to suit their own needs. They were salesmen of religious ideas, experts at wetting people's appetites for their own ideas. Sound doctrine is the eternal unchanging truth about God and the gospel. And you might say, well, Pastor Joe, why are you talking to me about all these things that other pastors are doing and about all these salesmen of religious ideas and about the money, modern money changers? I'm trying to help you. you I, put your money someplace else. <laughs> if nothing else, go, go buy a meal for somebody on the street. That's right. Put it to good use because God, is not, don't, God does not work that way. I'm telling you, He does not work that way. It sounds good. It looks good. They only want your money. And they're taking text out of context and using it. Your pastor and my pastor has been called and anointed like Timothy to preach the gospel in season and out of season. But as anointed as he is, he needs your help. He is anointed and he's gifted, but yet he still needs help. Because no matter how anointed he is or how anointed I am, neither of us can get the work done that we have been called to do without some good leadership in place to accomplish it. Are you hearing me? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 tells us that two are better than one for they can help each other succeed. Because if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. I know I can... uh, Testify to that even with my relationship with my husband, David. We don't use, thank God we don't usually have bad days at the same time. <laughs> it's different. Some days maybe my day didn't go the way I'd like for it to go. Or maybe I'm feeling a little discouraged and I need a little, somebody to need him to encourage me. And so David, he'll talk to me, he'll encourage me and he'll get me back on the track. He'll get me back on the right path again. And maybe sometimes David comes home and maybe his day at work didn't go exactly the way he wanted it to go. So I'm there to encourage him, to lift him up, to just, you know, just to lift him up. Tell him how great I think he is. And he's doing a good job. And, you know, and of course, I never tell him like he tells me, you know, to pull myself up by my bootstraps. <laughs> I'm nicer. 
He hasn't done that lately. Uh, apparently I've improved. <laughs> I'm getting better. Maybe Pastor Larry's getting better too. But <laughs> we're working on it. We'll never reach perfection. We'll never arrive. So we're always working on it, whether you're a pastor or uh, whatever you are, where you're a preacher, teacher, doesn't matter. You're, you're uh, humble servants for the Lord, and that's who you're working for. And that's who you're wanting to please. And, uh, and hopefully we can please the ones we're preaching to, but the main one is the Father. He says, but someone who falls along is in real trouble. You know, it, it, it's good when you have somebody to come along beside of you. I don't care how gifted you are or how much anointed you have on your life or how much of a call you have on your life, you can only go so far alone. True. I want to say that again. You can only go so far alone. Amen. There may be some here tonight that are not even a member here that God is calling to come along beside of him to help him with his walk. Saints, you have to encourage your pastor and his wife you have to treat them with the highest respect and the highest regards. You have no idea what a pastor must go through in order to preach the word, or and especially even more so in a pastor that has a congregation that's dependent on him. Mine's a little bit different. I can come in and preach and leave. <laughs> or I can go to another church, which I have for the last few weeks, and preach, and then I can leave. But as a pastor, you have to keep coming back week after week. But you don't ever know what's going on in that, in that pastor's life. You don't know what's going on in my life tonight. You don't know the obstacles that I went through all week trying to you know, put this message together so I could come in here and be the humble servant that God has called me to be, and that's to be a teacher of His Word. He's called me to encourage you. He's called me to give you the Word of God. He's called me to instruct you in, the way of, uh, in His way and to give you knowledge because like he said, my people are perishing or being destroyed for the lack of it. Yes, yes. And so without knowledge, you are going to be destroyed because the enemy is going to wipe you out. And he don't care how he does it. He's going to try to take you down. And he's, been, he's always been doing a good job, but he's done a better job over the last year or two than ever that I have seen. But I tell you what, we're not down. We're not down. He doesn't know who he's messing with. A lot of people look around and say, well, don't look like God is doing anything. God is working. God is working behind the scenes because if God wasn't working behind the scene, it'd be a lot worse than it is. Believe you me, it would be a lot worse because he would allow the enemy to already take over. And I read in scripture this morning that those that's in authority, those leaders and things that think they're so good, he says, you put them on the scale of very light. He says, they're not what you think they are. And so we don't have to be worried about that. The Lord knows what's going on. He's already begun to straighten it out. And he's going to continue. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake us. He's always going to be here with us. He's always going to surround us. And he's always going to send divine connections across your path to help you when you need it the most. You don't have to be a pastor to have a divine connection. A lot of you out here listening and all those online, there's some of you online that are listening that might need a divine connection in, in a job or in your health or wherever with your family, with your children. But God knows your needs. He knows your needs but even before you know what that need is. And He's already lined up someone or something to help you. 
Praise the Lord. We just, you just need to help make our jobs easier. Brother Larry answered the call when God called, asked him. When the Lord said, who would go? And pastor said, I will. Just like Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Pastor Larry and I said, Here I am, send us. Yes, <laughs> Hallelujah. I know that this is a small church. However, all mega churches begin somewhere, storefront somewhere, small buildings. Because so many people, even some of you tonight, have been comparing yourselves with others. And the Lord tells us not to do this or compare our church with others. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, he said, for we dare not class ourselves or compare with those who commend ourselves, but they measuring themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, he says, are not wise. In 2 Corinthians 10, 18, he says, for it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one who the Lord commends. Let me say that again. For it is not the one who commands himself. In other words, it's not the one who elevates himself. But it's the one that God commands. It's the one that he elevates. It's the one that he lifts up. The Bible says, I think it's in seven, uh, Psalm 75, 6, I believe, that he lifts up one. He's the one that does the lifting up. He'll lift up one and put down another. He's the one that does the choosing. Not man, but God himself. Praise God. The voice translation says it just shows that they don't have any sense. <laughs> I thought that was good. But it just shows they're crazy. You don't have any sense. Praise God. I'd like to say this to everyone. Don't be discouraged because your beginning seems small, but be faithful where you're at. Be content and have enough drive to push yourself to reach your goals. Know that in order to be great, you have to start somewhere. The world may portray you, may portray that you just wake up one morning and greatness falls into your lap. But trust me, there's a lot of you in here, and I know Pastor Larry can agree that greatness does not come that easy. You're going to have to put in some work in order to get some results. You can't sit back and expect everything just to fall in your lap. It just doesn't work that way. In your beginning stages, is where you learn who you are and where you build and, and where you build your foundation. You just need to make sure that you make you, you make sure that your foundation is in Christ, mm -hmm. the rock, the solid rock, Amen. the foundation. So when you get where you're going, you'll remember how you got there. Hallelujah. Don't let the success of another be a distraction to you, but let it motivate you to keep moving forward. Are you hearing me? And let it encourage you to tap into the greatness God has placed in you. There's no one in here tonight that God has not placed greatness in. I don't care who you are, what your position in life is, what your job is, your age, your color, your race. And actually, you know, uh, dealing with that race thing, you know, the race thing is not a God thing. It's not a God thing. It's not a Godly thing. That's a, that's a flesh thing. People started that with that um, Darwin, you know, thinks that you came from apes or monkeys. That's where the race came from. There's no such thing as race in God's word. That's right. 
The Bible says in the Word of God that we all came from the same blood. Yes. We're all made from the same blood. So as far as God's concerned, there's no race. Only we've done, all people have done that. Trying to separate, trying to destroy, trying to call wedges to come between everyone. He's doing everything he can to break you up, break us all up. But it's not going to work. They are, it may work with some, and I know there's a great falling away coming. The Bible says there's a great falling away coming. But I don't, and I believe it's already begun. When I look in some churches that usually are full, big churches, I notice that even though now, even uh, now that the people are, are few, excuse me, far in between, and some of it could be that they're still with the virus, but I think a lot of it has be, is because uh, uh, when the enemy hit us last year and the church and the enemy closed us down. Fortunately, we didn't get closed down, but a lot of churches got closed down. That people got in the habit of staying at home and watching on TV or watching on the internet. And it's not the same thing as being in the house of God, being in the presence of the Lord. And being amongst your brothers and sisters and sharing that because that Holy Spirit lives in all of us. Yeah. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And when you gather in His name, there's more power. We come together, there's more power and there's more authority. But like I said, a lot of people, a, a lot of people, you know, it doesn't take long to form a habit, good or bad. I think some people say 21 days, some might take less, I don't know. I, I think they got numbers for everything, so it might be or may not be. But I do know that it doesn't take long to form a habit, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. You know, I get in the habit of doing something. I'm in the habit of working out every day. Last two days, I really wasn't up to it. But most of the time, you know, five, six, seven days a week. But it's a habit. And I don't feel right, but don't go. But I could very easily miss another week or so, and all of a sudden it's like, just hit it every now and then. Yeah. It would become a habit. Mm -hmm. You know, we all, we all have, we're all set in our ways and we all have habits. And we, we've made these habits from something. Mm -hmm. But the habit you should never let go of is your relationship with our Father and showing up in the house of God Amen. and supporting those that are giving it all they've got to keep you on the right path. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. You've got to stay on the right path. And you've got to help those that are trying to keep you there. Hallelujah. And like I said, don't let the su success of another be a distraction to you, but let it motivate you to keep moving forward and let it encourage you to tap into the greatness that God's placed in you. Jesus had the right to be worshipped. He had the right to be obeyed and, and honored as God. Yet he did not claim that right. Instead, he lowered himself gave up his rights and died a humiliating death for our sins. He gave up the right. Saints, he had more rights than anyone will ever have. He gave them all up to save people, to save you, to save me. You'll find that in Philippians 2, 5. As the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Praise God. And close and let me remind you, let the Lord be the head of whatever you do, big or small, and watch it prosper. 
always put him first. So go forth with what you have. Know that God has not forgotten about you. He's with you every step of the way. Every step, not every other step, but every step. Every step you take by faith prepares you for bigger doors that will open in the future. He has opened big doors for Pastor Larry, and he's opened big doors for me. I don't know where Pastor Larry started, but I don't think it was at the top. I know where I started, in the jail, wiping me off a place to lay my Bible and trying to forget about the smell that surrounded me as I taught the Word of God. Remember, your beginnings, beginning doesn't define you. God already did that. As the saying goes, it's not how you start, but how you finish. You stay in the race. And like Paul, you finish your race well. Brothers and sisters, really all any of us want to do is to run a good race and have the Lord say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray that everyone here tonight will continue to run a good race and keep your eyes focused ahead, realizing our pastors need all the support we can give them for theirs is not an easy race, and this I know personally. Keep your eyes focused on the prize set before you, like Paul did. And I might be stepping out of order here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yes, the Lord has opened a lot of doors uh, for Pastor Larry. Uh, Larry has, Pastor Larry has been faithful for many, many years. He's endured a lot of hardships, as most pastors do. And maybe you have yourself, and maybe in your in the position that God's put you in, I don't know. But I do know He's given us both opportunities to minister to many, many, many people. But this cannot be done alone. There's much work to be done. There's many lost to be saved. There's many that have not heard the name of Jesus Christ. There's not as many as blessed as you are. Churches are being burned in other countries. Martyrs are being destroyed, killed, and sacrificed. Churches are burning, the people are dying. And we're over here and we think we got it bad, but we don't have it bad. Like I said before, we got it good. We got to wake up. And I'm calling on all of you tonight and all those that's going to hear this message across the world, around the world, to wake up and know that you've got the reason why we got into the predicament that we're in is because we didn't do anything. And I'm guilty. We're all guilty to a certain extent, some more than others. But I know with this last race that went on, and I don't get into politics, but I know that we supported financially and with prayer. We're all going to have to start putting, putting our finances and things in a place that's going to make a difference in, in the lives of those around us, even if it means that sometimes we might have to do without something ourselves. God says that if you want, if you want help from God, you're going to have to begin to humble yourself. I try to be, I, try, I work on that all the time. I want to be more humble all the time, because, not just so that God will lift me up, but to be humble because 
I am a humble servant. I think Pastor Larry is a humble servant. We all can be humble servants because as a believer, you need to be a humble servant. Everything with God is always backwards. It's upside down. If you want to get, you got to give. If you want to be lifted up, you got to go down. It's not how many people that you put, that it's not how many people over you. I mean, that you're, that's under you, but it's how many is over you. And, and I've heard my husband say, and he built a, a, a multi-million dollar business, but he did it by going, keeping himself at the back of the bus or in the back of the line, whichever, and putting others before himself. He had the power and the money and the power to do, did not have to do that. But he's a godly man. Yeah. Just like Pastor Larry said, you're a godly person. We're all believers. We're godly people. And if we want the healings in our bodies, and we want financial increase, and we want this taken care of, then we're going to have to be that. We're going to have to humble ourselves before our almighty God. We're going to have to repent for some of the things that we've done and ask for his forgiveness. I do it all the time. Because I'm still practicing. I'm still working. And I'm sure Pastor Larry and Neil, they're still working. Because we have not arrived by no means. Do not stand up here and claim to have arrived. I want the people around the world to know that the way up is down. And whatever you want is by worshiping the Lord and praising Him. Are you hearing me? Honor the Lord our God. He deserves our honor. We, we come into this church to, be, to glorify Him. We come in here to magnify him. We don't come in here just to pass the time and just to say we went to church. We came in here to glorify him and to magnify him and to hear the word that the Lord has put into the spirit of whoever has given it. And that word, if you listen and pay attention, will get you through some bad days in the week to come and in between visits. Some people, that's all you get. I don't know about some of you. Some of you probably like me. You listen. I know some of you, and you're personally that listen to it every day. They study it every day, like me. And maybe some do, and some don't. That's a personal thing. But I do know this: the more you got your nose stuck in the Bible, and the lower you, more you humble yourself before Him, the better your life is going to be. And those things that you've been asking God for and believing Him for, the quicker you're going to get them. When you start, God's Jesus said, I did not come to be served. He said, I come to serve. And the way we worship our Lord and humble ourselves is to serve those around us, to help. And it doesn't always have to be financial. There's so many ways. Everybody always puts money first. It's not about money. It's about servanthood. It's about servanthood. Are you hearing me? So we need to wake up and support those that are putting their lives on the line, whether it's in here or wherever. But like I said, Pastor Larry's going to need some help to finish the vision that the Lord's given him to, to, to take him where God wants him to go. He won't ask you, but I'll ask. I'll tell you. We need to come together as a family and as a church. It says, it says, keep your eyes focused on the prize set before you like Paul did. You know, when we said, you know, you know, we want to run a good race. We want to finish well. 
And I heard, I've heard people say, I just want to hear the Lord say, good, you know, fine, you know, good, you know, well and faithful servant. I think we all do. And finish it up in Philippians 3, verse 13 to 14, a New Living Bible. He said, no, this is what Paul was saying. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Hallelujah. He's calling all of us, brothers and sisters. He's calling all of us. And it's not, only, it's not all going to get done in elections. The majority of it is going to get done in the churches. That's where the work needs to be done in the churches. If we get it done in the churches, then it'll get done in the political field. But we've got, we got to wake up and we've got to stop sleeping. We've fallen asleep. We've let the enemy come in, take over our country, take over our schools, take everything, take our children, break our marriages up, steal our health, steal our joy, steal our peace, and we just sit back and let him. We all are guilty, including myself. We're all guilty. Nobody's innocent. We're all guilty. But we got to wake up. we got to wake up. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you again tonight. I thank you for this anointed word. I thank you, Father, that we're here tonight to glorify you, to magnify your name, Father God, to lift you up, give you the praise that you're so deserving, give you the honor that you're so deserving to magnify you and just continue to lift you up. I pray, Father God, tonight that you will help us by just putting a burning desire in us to continue to seek you with all our hearts and all of our minds. I pray, Father God, that you will help us to wake up, take the blinders all of our eyes, all of our eyes, Lord. Take the blinders off, I ask you, Father. Take the blinders off that we may see the truth and see what the enemy's doing. Give us the strength and the courage that we need to persevere, to run this race that you have set before us and run it in such a way that it will be pleasing unto you. Help us not to slow down, but help us to speed up. And I pray, Father God, that you'll just continue to just work with us and work through us. And we repent, Lord God. We all repent that we have fallen asleep on the job and we've not been on the job like we should be. So we repent tonight, Father God. Ask your forgiveness and know that we are going to wake up. We decree and declare and confess in the name of Jesus that we will wake up. And I thank you, Father, for taking the blinders off of our eyes. I thank you, God, for putting a bridle on our tongue and a guard on our mouth that we should not, lest we should sin against you. Help us, Father, to know that the way to your heart is just to keep you lifted up high, to keep you magnified, to keep you glorified, and know, and know that you are the true one, Almighty God. And there's nothing, there's only one God and one mediator. And we thank you, Father, that you're it. And we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have sent, that you love us so much that you personally sent the Holy Spirit to live in each one of us so he could teach us 
and train us and comfort us and, and just be our Lord. Whatever we need, the Holy Spirit lives in us and all we have to do is ask. And Father, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise and give you the glory, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.